Welcome to Branch Out, a connection builders podcast, helping middle market professionals connect, grow, and excel in their careers. Through a series of conversations with leading professionals, we share stories and insights to take your career to the next level. A successful career begins with meaningful connections. Welcome to the Branch Out Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Drost. I hope you've enjoyed the last few episodes where we have focused on discussing authenticity. For the next handful of episodes, we're going to shift our focus into why diversity matters. Now, I must admit, the events of 2020, and in particular, the death of George Floyd, opened my eyes to some of the racial issues that exist here in the US, but also abroad. Unfortunately, until this time, I'd put little thought or effort into understanding social equality and the importance of diversity. Now, as a white male, I understand that I will never be able to fully appreciate the challenges that many others face. However, I do believe that I can do my part by embracing my own personal growth journey of gaining a deeper understanding of the issues at hand and seeking to make an impact within my circle of influence. With this said, we're going to spend the next handful of episodes having an open dialogue around what diversity means and why it's important in both our personal and professional lives. I hope that you'll listen with an open mind and that our conversations will add value to you. We're going to kick this off with a special two-part series, bringing back a previous guest, Jamil Sanders, a Vice President and Relationship Manager with Key Bank in Cleveland, Ohio. Over the past year, Jamil and I have built a friendship around discussing both the power of authenticity and why diversity matters. We're excited to share some of our thoughts with you. I hope you all enjoy. Connect and grow your network. We are on LinkedIn. Search for Connection Builders. Jamil, welcome to the Branch Out Podcast. I'm excited to have you back on the show again here. Absolutely. I'm back with the cool kids, as I say. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So I'm going to talk to our listeners here for a minute. For anyone who's been following the show for some time will know that that Jamil was on last fall. We, We had an episode where we talked about achieving authenticity. And Jamil and I spent time discussing about what does it mean to be authentic and how to go about that in kind of your own exploration. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode... Highly recommend you go back and and listen to that. But for today's topic, Jamil and I are going to dive into something that I think is equally important and equally impactful, but also maybe difficult to talk about at times and, and really where authenticity can be a challenge for I think everyone, but certainly some more than others. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this today. And the topic that Jamil and I really want to unpack is authenticity and diversity. And I want to really tee this up to Jamil is, and we talked about this before we jumped down here. You're a black man in a predominantly mm-hmm, right. white industry, right? <laughs> it is what it is, right? Absolutely. And we all know that. Anyone listening here knows Jamil is in wealth management. You know that, that you are certainly underrepresented within that industry. And then we are talking before we recorded about being authentic and, and how ultimately there, there's always social norms, social pressure, especially in an industry such as yours that so much is based on the relationships and the networking. And and when you're in these homogenous rooms that are filled with predominantly white males in many cases, in general, you're in an industry that that maybe doesn't have as great a representation from someone like yourself. That could certainly be a challenge to diversity. So as a white male who has absolutely zero experience in this because I have no experience, I've only seen the world through my eyes, I would love to to spend 
our time here today really digging into this and getting some of your thoughts and, and helping our listeners understand maybe some of the thought processes and challenges that, that you have gone through and what, what you kind of have, have seen in your own experience around this. So my first kind of tee up to you here, and we talked about this a few moments ago, duality, just kind of having to having to be two types of people, right? Someone that at work versus someone at home versus, you know, the, every different situation you're in. So can you just start with sharing some of your general thoughts around that? That's a great starting point. So when we think about duality, right, it's a state of kind of like two sides, right? When you think about it as a professional, I got to be a certain way, right? So I'm in front of a client. It's a certain expectation that they may have of what an advisor looks like, right? Or how an advisor should talk. But what happens is, is that uh, industry that probably has not had a lot of history when it comes to diversity, it can become challenging because the way I communicate can be different just because I am different. My experiences are different. The way I may talk is different. And it's helping the client understand that it's okay. So that's the reason why like diversity is really so important when you think about all industries and understanding the different cultural norms. But also too, that duality aspect is who is Jamil? And we talked about this in Achieving Authenticity is who is Jamil in that personal time and space? Jamil is a laughing, joyous. I'm, I'm the person that you would love to hang around because I'm always down for a good laugh and having fun. But it's like the, the challenge is to the, the term duality is you're living two lives, right? Why can't that Jamil be the same throughout um, in a continuous pattern versus, hey, when I'm at work or in front of clients, I got to be this way. When I'm at home, I got to be, where's that common ground? Where's that medium? And I think that's really where, you know, when we think about achieving authenticity, that's, that's what we're striving for is that middle ground, not opposite sides. And it's more, hey, how can I reach the, reach the middle? And that's where I want to, that's the sweet spot, so to speak. So, Jamil, I, I want to look at that for a minute. So, middle ground, I, I think that's a great way of looking at it. So, talking authenticity in general and, and taking any of the, the diversity out of this, just authenticity in general, there has to be middle ground anytime you're, you're talking about this, right? Because authenticity is never a permission to just do whatever you want with blatant disregard for how others feel, think, or, or even, you know, some of the expectations that others might have, right? And, and certainly, at the same time, it doesn't mean that you have to be a certain way just because someone believes you should be, right? So at the end of the day, there is always that middle ground, right? That's always difficult because we we want to believe that it's easy to say, well, it's one way or the other, and it's easy to, to understand, dissect. But the reality is, it is a spectrum. There There is a middle ground, and there is no perfect landing spot. I think it will always have some ebb and flow based on the, the conversations and where you're at. But what I, I think is really important here for our listeners to to think about and something, Jamil, I'd love to get your thoughts on, you mentioned how an advisor should be, right? The perception of how someone should be. And, and this is this is a great example with the advisor. And I think there's many, many more applications in, in life other than just this. But let's just talk through this example. So I'm in the process of looking for a financial advisor. I, I want someone that is going to help me think through my, my savings and retirement goals and make sure that I'm meeting my long-term ob objectives of financial freedom. I am in the process of interviewing six advisors. I ask for introductions from people and or I, I use a, a search at local uh, firms, whatever it might be. And I ultimately, I'm, in, I'm interviewing six advisors. Given the structure and the makeup of this industry, the, the probability is you would be the only black man that I interview in that process. I have interviewed six people. 
five of them have a lot of similarities to them, or maybe three or four of them have a lot of similarities, and one or two have different similarities, but all different on their own, right? How, how do you bridge that? And what have you seen in your career where maybe you've, you've seen some of that and, and some of the challenges around it? Man, that is a, that is a great question. It's, it's a continuous process of an improvement. So when you look at me, so the first thing I think as an advisor, right, being a minority, the first thing I got to do, I got to fight off the, the biases that I can create within myself of saying, hey, I'm going to this opportunity. I am, even though I'm not saying it, I am saying it subliminally, like I'm not good enough because I'm going into this, this dominated space. They're going to choose this other person. So I almost discount myself initially before even going into engage that potential client. So I think it's really important. First, you got to establish the baseline of saying, hey, I am qualified and I can create a lot of value. And I think what is really important to to your question is how do you bridge the gap? I, I do. I believe most consumers, yes, it may not be enough exposure when it comes to dealing with you know a, a person of color or a minority provider, right? Professional. But I think everyone is like, hey, whoever's the best person for the job, that's who's going to get hired. I think everyone comes with that approach. So I think really what is important is as a minority advisor to bridge that gap is first coaching ourselves up to understand, hey, I am qualified. And then also to lighten up the world with who you are as a person, because that's what they're going to buy. Like you think about this, you know, Alex, anytime you transacted with anyone, it was a relationship component that drew you to that person. It wasn't that their, I mean, their product could have technically been more expensive, but you felt so comfortable that, hey, this person, we connect and they can get the job done is good solution provided. So I think it's really important that you just got to one kind of coach yourself up, but really it's important bridging that gap is just leading with expertise, leading with education, leading with, hey, I've done the work to sit at this table that I can do a really great job for Alex. I can do a great job for whoever that next person may be, regardless of color, because we work in the same pool. The market is the same. The planning tools are the same. So hopefully that answers your question, but I think that's really important. It, it does, Jamil, a lot. And I, I really like the coaching ourselves up. Coaching, and, and I'm, I'm speaking in, in the words you use there, I am qualified or brighten up the world by being yourself. And, and I think at the end of the day, anytime we're talking about authenticity, it, it certainly is a level of self-confidence, right? It's a level of breaking through those limiting thoughts. And, and we all have those beliefs in our head, whether we're fully aware of them and, and, you know, that we process them or not. We all have something, you know, that the voice in the back of your head that's saying, Oh, you can't do that or that's not possible or you don't have a chance at that. And again, some, some voices are louder than others, but we all fight them in our own ways. What, what I think is a really important point that you brought up and and again this is this is an area that I I just simply don't have any ability to relate to but understanding that in many times someone in your shoes is entering into a market that that you may already feel a step down you may already have this kind of preconceived notion that you are not worthy you're not meant to be there it's not supposed to, to something you're supposed to be there and that one that that's all totally false those are totally false beliefs and and I don't want to discount the history of this country and some of the actions of, of individuals and people that have undoubtedly have occurred that have helped drive to some of that thought pattern, some of those beliefs. But I, I do want to say and, and really hone in on what you said, I think is so important. At the end of the day, 
you do have to coach yourself up. You have to look to find that confidence and, and, you know, know that you are qualified and that you're meant to be there because that's, that's what you're, you're here to do, right? That's who you are. And, and gaining that confidence is a huge chunk of getting to that ability to really be authentic with who you are in, in, in general, right? So let let me ask then, you talk a little bit about the technical skills and demonstrating your, your relationship, because I, I think it at the end of the day, in, in your industry and in many service providers industries, the technical ability is important, but at the same time, it's kind of a baseline. Like you, you have to do the job right, or you don't really have a chance at doing the job. And, and so, so much of it, it really does come down to the relationship side and, and knowing who you're working with, liking who you're working with, having connectivity. It's a, a lot of the work that I do here with connection builders is all around that concept and that idea. For you, where have you either been successful or or maybe even also had challenges with demonstrating that and making sure others see that without going overboard, right? You have to subtly build those relationships and demonstrate that you have the ability while still, again, really focusing on the relationship. Man, that's such a great question, Alex, because that's always one of those things that you're constantly refining and working on, right? Like what's the right balance of being humble enough that it doesn't come off right arrogant, but being confident enough that you want to make sure that whoever you're trying to potentially bring on as a client, that they know like, hey, this person is confident, like they've done their work. And I always use this uh, term or this kind of quote with myself is be prepared for the moment, right? So it's like, how do you keep yourself in that constant state of being prepared for the moment? And, you know, and and it has been, I would say earlier in my career, that was a challenge. And I'm not trying to act as if I got it all perfected now, but it was definitely a challenge because it was like, I could do so much great work for you. Why don't you, you know, why don't you do it today? And it's like, that's not the right approach, right? That's kind of like that desperate, like, hey, calm down, you know, relax, take a few breaths. And that's the youthful part of the career, right? But then as you get a little bit older, you start to learn a little bit about kind of like the emotional intelligence and soft skills, where now you're being more aware of the client is communicating, being more intentional in your listening to say, okay, is this the right time to ask that question or to position this solution? Or do I need to wait? Maybe that's a second movement. And really being aware of kind of like that emotional cadence is really important because the thing with wealth planning or wealth management, it is a very emotional decision, right? Because you're saying to, hey, I'm going to entrust this person with all my, my life's worth. And I'm expecting them to do a great job. I'm counting on them to do a great job. And so you have to be sensitive to that. And I think that's where, you know, early in my career where you could provide a solution you think, hey, this is a no brainer. Let's do it. Where really you missed so much details and discovery or, or maybe it was something that you said that wasn't applicable to them. And that, that was the rub where it was like, ah, see, we're not on the same page just because of what you said, maybe prematurely. And you learn from those. That's the, that's the beauty of life. Life is a great teacher because you learn from some of those shortcomings and just saying, hey, how can I get better? And I think to answer, hopefully this answering your question, but yeah, I think it's, it's just one of those continuous improvements. You take those failures, you hopefully, you know, refine them and then just get better at them. So this is Branch Out, a Connection Builders podcast. So what do you do to find them? How do you how do you see it, right? Life's a great teacher. I, I love this saying. I, I say it to myself a lot. Experience is the best teacher so long as you slow down and listen and, and make sure you really see what that experience is trying to teach you. Is there anything that, that you can reflect on or that you have reflected on in the past where you're like, wow, hey, I, I learned a lot because of that interaction? 
Oh man, first I love that quote, but absolutely, you do got to slow down enough. Like, because failure has always been an interesting topic. We talked about this um, just in general in our conversations where failure is villainized, right? It's like, oh, like stay away from failure, actually run towards failure, but do it in a controlled manner and learn something from failure, right? And I remember where I was so afraid to fail when I failed, I would take it so hard. I'm telling you, Alex, it would take me out, man. I still hold on from missed opportunities from like three years ago. And I used to always say, like, why did why why am I still holding on to those things and why are they still in my mind? It's because to your point, I didn't slow down enough to learn from them and which actually probably could have caused future failures. Right. Because I never stopped at that point to assess, say, hey, what is it to be learned from this example or this experience? And so to answer your question, so the first thing I do is I, I kind of slow down. Right. Hey, OK, why did the client not take to my solution? What did I miss? And that's where I really do. I reverse engineer. Like I go through the process. Did I do this? Did I do that? You know, and kind of look where where did I miss it? Because it's a lot of steps we can miss because we're going so fast because life is moving faster than our mind really thinks. Right. Because it's like, OK, I'm going here. I'm hitting this point. Then it's like, oh, man, I missed this. So first thing is, it's kind of the, the reverse engineer. Where did the failure happen and what is to extract from that experience? Then how do you make that weakness or that failure? never happen again, right? How do I mitigate it from future um, experiences? So a big part of me for that is research and reading. Like I've become a, uh, a better uh, student, I would say, just reading constantly. And, and also too, you know, um, to your point with like, being, you know, connection builders and branch out, I learn a lot just from hearing other podcasters where they share their thoughts on something that could be completely unrelated but that could have been the key to unlock what was the, maybe the key to that failure that you're trying to solve for. Like, oh, man, that's, that's it. I missed it because I didn't do this or that. So I think it's reverse engineering, researching and learning why, you know, maybe, it, you know, why that failure possibly happened. And then also to learning from others. That would be kind of my three pillars of how I kind of, you know, work through things. So I, I like that. So, so- the the reading part, I really I want to share some of my thoughts, and I've talked about this on other shows before. I in the last couple of years of my life have really accelerated how much I read, and in particular since the COVID lockdowns have happened, I, I found myself with a lot more free time than I I ever thought I would. Um, and and I I have accelerated my reading, and um, it it is very mind opening as you continue to to look to to read and to learn more and more. And to your exact point, there are a lot of things where whether it's listening to another podcast, listening to another book, I do a lot more listening than I do actual reading. Or even I, I read a lot of magazines. I, I try to keep up on current events as well. And it's it's interesting to see where all of a sudden you'll pull out a bit of information that helps you to understand something better, right? To understand and experience better and be like, wow, this is where I went wrong or here's where there's an opportunity for improvement. Here's an area that I can take um, what might have been a challenge and, and turn it into something that is ultimately allowing me to perform better. And tying this all back to authenticity at the end of the day, being authentic is being, you know, you, it's, it's being who you are. And I, I'm a big believer in being the best version of you, be the best version of yourself. And if you bring the best version of you every single day, then there's not much more you can do, right? That that's really, that is the best you can do. And if, 
if you are spending that time educating, reading, learning, gaining new knowledge, slowing down, trying to, to learn from past mistakes, I don't think there is failure necessarily. There may be things that don't succeed in the way that you wanted them to. There may be challenges that that you don't overcome as, as you fully expect it to, and you have to kind of go back to the drawing board. But ultimately, if you if you've shown up and done your best, then that that's all you can do. And that is, I think, a huge component of authenticity, right? Even the insecurity aspect that we talked about in the beginning a little bit of, of where some of your own thoughts get in your way. If you really can genuinely look in the mirror and say, hey, I've gotten up and done my best today. I, I put my best in. I, I've worked as hard as I can. I'm not perfect. I have room to improve, but I did my best today. What more can you do, right? Yeah, no, you know, you said something that's actually really good too. Because when you think about, it's not necessarily failure, right? It's it's opportunity because because it's technically the only reason you failed is because you never encountered maybe that problem before. It's a, it's a new experience. It's one of those things you you said as well where I think about that was really an eye opening point for me um, in my career was that if I fail being me, I'm okay with that. Like I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Like if I was me and I didn't try to be anything else. I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think that's where we even look in the marketplace or we network. If two people don't happen to come together or collaborate beyond that initial engagement, it's not a problem. It's just, hey, we maybe wasn't on the same wavelength, which is perfectly fine, right? If I miss a deal with a potential client, I'm perfectly fine with that. But the more more importantly, I tell every client this. I say, hey, regardless if you're coming to Key to be part of our family or the next firm, Jamil wants to see you be successful. If we always approach it that we're going to come to the clients that are for us, we're going to come to the people or we're going to become connected to the people that are for us, the clients that are for us. And and it works out. In the end, it really does. I, I agree completely with you on that. There's a lot of challenges to that, though, too, right? It, it's easier said than done. I, I have learned in my one of my biggest experiences in learning and exploring personal growth, professional growth and Authenticity is a, a key component of that. Typically, this stuff is deceptively easy to talk about and extremely hard to apply in practice on a daily continuous basis, right? We all know what we're supposed to do and think and, and say, but um, it, doesn't, it doesn't always pull off, play out in our... Right. <laughs> exactly. Execution is everything, right? So so let's let's talk through this a little bit. I mean, I, I want to pull this back to, to diversity for a minute because you, you brought up a really good point as, as a minority in, in this industry and in a underrepresented minority within this industry. What are some of the challenges you've had to face around your own kind of confidence or insecurities or thought processes? And what helped you overcome those? What what maybe helped you see that? Maybe even what do you still struggle with from time to time, right? I assume there's parts of it that maybe never go away, right? So, you know, as an advisor, you initially approach this industry. I remember like from (laughs) like a kid, I used to read like the Wall Street Journal. Don't ask me how I got access to it. But I had one. And I remember just being like, oh, man, this like I didn't know what I was. But I just saw I think it was I saw on a TV show and it was like businessman. I'm like, I want to be one of them. Right. So you grow up. So initial career goal was like, I want to go to New York, Wall Street. I want to be in the belly of the beast. I want to do it. Like, that's where I'm going. I'll be the stockbroker. Life, you know, kind of got in the way, pivoted a little bit. Like Wolf of Wall Street type. Right. No, no, like, no, I, I can right, see you. Right, right. <laughs> if compliance listening, just be careful. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, it was it was basically that. Like I wanted to I wanted to prove it was a proving ground for me. But I said, you know what? I'm here in Cleveland. What's the next best thing? And then I started to explore the private banking aspect. And I say, hey, you know what? This is a way I could still kind of fulfill that bucket and and do those things. So I started to inquire and ask people, say, hey, you know, this is some interest that I have. 
And it was people that looked like me, right? And and then they're like, Jamil, what are you talking about? Like, it's no space for us in that industry. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, who said that, right? And so imagine early in your career, everything that you thought about, now they're telling you it's no space for you, right? And I'm like, you know what? So for me, I'm hard-headed. So I can be honest. I I got thick skin and I'm hard-headed. So I said, you know what? I'm going to push through. So I push through. I get to the summit, right? I'm here. And I'm like, man, it is really underrepresented in this this space. So how do you go through kind of that journey of what you're asking? How do you go through that journey now? All right, I'm here on the private client. And now, hey, I got to start growing a practice. I got to start securing clients. And then it's like two things have to happen. First, they have to acknowledge, hey, this person is not like the typical advisor because they're, you know, person of color, African-American. Then it's how do I know they qualify? You know, then it's the pedigree, right? And then, you know, you kind of go through the educational exercise, where'd you go to school, this, that, and other. And I would say that is like your biggest battle is like being prepared for that moment, but at the same time, not getting in your own way. And it's still a challenge in a sense of not so much of like, like you said, everyone has insecurities. So you got to coach yourself up. But I think what happens is, is that what happens when the times get tough? right? You naturally want to go to maybe someone that looks like you, because especially if they're more senior, because then you could kind of channel in and pull from their experience of like, hey, I'm kind of going through this rough patch. What did you do to kind of get through that storm? And if you don't got that representation that's older than you or someone that's kind of ran that same race, it's tough, man, because you can go to someone that maybe looks Caucasian, right? Let's just say someone that looks Caucasian or white, and they can give you some really good advice but maybe some of the cultural things that you have to battle through, that's where having that extra experience inside of the firm can really pay some huge dividends. And I think that's really the bigger narrative is that it's a commitment to change. Like you said, change your representation in the industry. But I think it's so much more than that because it's some coaching up that has to happen. It's some organizational support that has to happen. There's so many layers to it. But yeah, I'm gonna stop there because I get long-winded. But yeah, that's that's exactly it, though. It's it's still a, it's, so I would tell you, man, it's it's still an ongoing process. I don't want to act like the work is done because I'm still trying to help coach up maybe the next person that's asking or inquiring. Hey, Jamil, how did you do it? And I got to be honest with them, like, hey, it's tough, but I hope it could get better, you know, with the work of both sides of the line as we speak. This is Branch Out, bringing you candid conversations with leading middle market professionals. Jamil, I, I appreciate a lot of what you shared there. So I, I'm going to try to say back what I heard from you and point out what I, I think are some important parts here. I, I'm going to do my best here. Help me understand if I'm if I'm hitting this right. So what what I really hear you talking about is the the value and the power of both mentors and your support system when it really comes to your career success, right? And I think there's this idea that many of us want to latch on to that hard work is what gets you somewhere. And, and hard work's an ingredient. It's absolutely a component that helps get you there. But what I've learned, and this is my, my own experience around it, the absolute hardest work I have to do every day is in my own head. My my number one biggest critic is myself. The number one challenge I fight every day is my own internal thoughts, my own insecurities, the false beliefs that I have. And, and I, I believe that to be true for, for many of us, that that is the hardest part of our day, especially as a professional where you've gained some level of technical expertise and mastered that and, and you really get out there. It does all come back to, again, knowing where to go, who to talk to, how to overcome some of those those 
challenges and, and really kind of y- your own mental health, your emotional strength, all those things that that really make you successful in what you do, right? Is that is that a fair kind of summary of, of that value? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Mental toughness. Absolutely. So, yeah. so mental toughness. I, I like that a lot. So what I want to point out to our listeners, and, and this is where I'm speaking only as a as a white male in a in this industry where I don't have experience around this, but the the mental toughness in in knowing the importance of that, knowing the importance of having a mentor or a support system and people that, around you that can say, "Hey, no, you, you've got this," or "Let me introduce you to this person that can help open this door." Here, you should have a conversation with so and so because they they can help you understand this career path or overcome this challenge. You you highlight a really good point that both in your in your own personal community there there may be some thoughts of hey you you can't do that which that that in its own can be very challenging in having that side but also as you as you said you you encounter some of the cultural differences that you're inevitably going to hit in in your career not having a mentor or not having ready wide access to a mentor that can help provide guidance around that can make it that much more challenging, right? Is that, is that a fair summary? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's fair. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess a few questions. What, what have you done to overcome that? Where have you looked? What, what has helped you? And then I, I think the the second part of that question is what are you going to do yourself in the future to help others overcome that? So like what I've done for myself, like you said, when you talk through the thoughts of like mental toughness, that's the first stage, right? So if you got to say, hey, I'm qualified, but you also got to allow your passion to override your fear, right? So you have to say to yourself, hey, you know what? I get it. It may not be well represented today, but someone has to keep fighting and keep championing the message of, hey, you know what? It's okay. It is space for us. And, and that's where they talk about that whole equity piece, right? I'm not asking for, <laughs> I'm not asking for, don't, I don't need preferential treatment. That's not what I'm asking for. I'm just asking for fair equity. If all things are created equal, I got a fair shot just as anyone else does. And so what I did for myself was I actually diversified my mentorship because it's very important to do that. So I made sure I had a black mentor and I had a Caucasian or white mentor. Um, and cause it gives you two really good perspectives, right? Because I'm getting one side where it's saying, Hey, this is the journey that I've ran, but I'm also getting the other side where they're saying, Hey, you know what? Maybe I can give you rocket fuel or access to areas where you may not have. Right. So it may could be, Hey, I'm going to introduce you to my CPA or my attorney or my, my network of people. And that endorsement is so huge, especially like I can't, I cannot, this term ally, that is so huge when we think about what is so helpful, especially when we talk about integrating everyone into this, this, this global marketplace, right? Is that if Alex has access that I don't have, with Alex saying, hey guys, like I get it, you know, this is our circle, but guess what, man? I, I really like this guy, Jamil. I want to introduce all of you to him, to him, right? And so next thing you know, they're like, well, they're going to probably look at you a little bit like, hold on, what, what's the reason? Like, why? But then they're going to be like, well, if he's doing it's got to be some purpose. But then now when Jamil gets there, now this is where I got to be prepared for the moment to do two things. One kind of past the, I would call it past the, the initial screening. Is he okay or not? Right. Okay. We like him. Then the next piece is educating, right? Hey, let me kind of tell you about some of the challenges. This is where I'm trying to grow my practice. And now it's like, oh, he's just like us. 
Now the whole silhouette of what maybe was what separated us now it came down because it's like, you know what? Because I think that's really get, that gets lost in translation of everything that is kind of going on. It's I don't understand. OK, well, we got to break down that barrier of, of not understanding and, and start figuring out, hey, OK, help me understand and start seeking that education. So to answer your question, that's what I'm doing for myself. I found that to be very helpful for me in my career. And then far as what I'm doing, I'm very passionate about uh, mentoring. So any person that is kind of funny, you go to, so I serve on two boards, but I also do a lot of volunteering. Every time I come across a young person, the first thing, especially if they see me in a suit and tie, they're like, now this is pre, pre-pandemic, so I want to make sure I put that disclosure out there. But anytime you see a person in a suit, they're like, oh man, what do you do? And so I get excited, right? You got to get them fired up. It's like, hey, so first you got to go to college. Promise me that, that you'll go to college. But let me tell you, after college, this is what you need to do. This is what I've done. And then they kind of walk them through my career journey. And then they're like, man, I can't do all that. And I'm like, you can do that. You're qualified to do all that. You got the same potential and the same ability that I have. Don't let anyone ever tell you different. And so now you kind of lit the, I would say you lit the candle and you just got to keep fanning it, keep letting it breathe. And so I think that's really important for me is that creating more awareness around the industry to one, let people know. It can be done, but like, let's make no mistake. It's going to be challenging. I don't want to like misrepresent that. But secondly, is when I have opportunity or platform to talk to maybe leadership, you know, I'm talking about like these conversations and I'm sharing my perspective because it's important because people don't know. But it's very easy to get that perspective or to hear that from people you trust and you work with, right? Because it's like, hey, I, I work with Jamil and I like Jamil. I didn't know he was going through this, right? And just real, you know, real quickly, like I look back at like the Maude Arbery situation. That was such an interesting time for me. Not that the other one, the other other incidents wasn't, but the fact was my son saw it. Because remember, this is when the lockdown just happened. My son is seeing it's like, why is this happening? Now my wife's crying because she got sons. What if this is our son, right? What if this potentially could happen? And now I got to address, like, think about this too. At nine and seven years old, I got to address racism in America. That's that's hard to fathom. But it's real. And I have to make sure my colleagues understand, like, I need everybody all hands on deck, talking to your people, talking to your network, talking to grandma, grandpa, your mom, dad, everyone, just so they can understand that, hey, we, we I get it. We may not be that bad, but guess what? It is some confusion out there. So we need to make sure we're educated as many people in our control as possible. So, Jamil, all hands on deck. I love that. I love what you said there, right? I mean, it is, this is, again, my, my journey in trying to understand some of the racial equality issues that, that we have in this country. I, I like that you use the word, that the silhouette of what separates us. I think it's, it's very easy to forget that we only know the world through our own eyes and our own experiences and to understand that you and I are both humans. We are, there, there's nothing different. We've, we've had tons of great conversations. We get along. There's, there's so much of us that, that is the same, but I can also tell you that we probably grew up in, in different neighborhoods and with different environments and with different cultures and in things that it's very easy to forget those differences are okay and to celebrate and embrace those differences and rather to look at those differences as something wrong or, or just trying to, to stay away from it. And that, that's the silhouette, right? That's the, hey, we're, we're different because. And, and then when you really remove all that and you start to say, well, 
really we're not i i we're not that different we are very much the same you start to break down those barriers but the the key that you've said in there that, that's important i me especially as, a, as a, a white male in this industry i need to say well help me understand help me you know conversations like this to understand some of the challenges you're dealing with and and you know even this conversation's been an eye opener for me of just just thinking about the you know again your community support system or finding a mentor or the challenge that you as a working professional have to deal with and, and I, I think back to you know a year ago when the lockdowns first started and you were dealing with this challenge you're you're trying to learn how to work from home still do your job uh, serve your clients be the professional you are and by the way you have to deal with helping your children understand what's going on in this country right and that that's a really that that that's and you talk about all of this comes back to the emotional and mental toughness and being able to perform and build these relationships tell me that's not draining you at home tell me that's not having an impact on you right Oh man, absolutely. You almost wonder how much more can a battery be pulled, right? Like once you felt like you was already on E, it's like just so much more is pulling. So it's just get out in the races or get out in the battle. Because I, I think about, you know, when I talk with other people that don't look like me, right? That's white or, or just, we just say non, not African-American, right? And one thing I try to always do is I try to help them understand is that I don't need you to feel guilty because you can't control what happened, right? The history. Now we can change the path forward. So, because what happens is, is that I think a lot of times with guilt, it can go two ways. It can go where you feel angry, like, hey, this is not my fault. I didn't, I don't got, why are you mad? Or, or why do I feel like I'm bearing what happened before me? I can't control that. We don't want that emotion because then that's where people kind of, you know, dig the heels in. But we also don't want you to feel, you feel so sorry and so like, man, I can't believe this. And it's just like this, this, you just like kind of like incapacitate, right? Like, I don't know where to start. No, I need you right in the middle, right? We talk about the middle ground. I need you right in the middle. I want you empowered. And I want you to feel like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do my part. Uh, I can't control all that other noise, but I'm going to do my part. I want people to be empowered because that's what we need. That's it's, it's, This world needs a lot of love. And I know it sounds cliche, but that's the truth. It's It's like we have to love other people as human beings first. Let's strip away like, color, which, you know, all the other elements. Hey, I need to care about you as a person. I want to see Alex and his family be successful, healthy, and very prosperous, right? Long as I got that, hey, look, all that other stuff is noise. So, but yeah, so yeah, you're right about the just reconstant recharging. I'm going to try to take us from the top of our conversation down and do a little bit of a recap and, and tie some of this together. Because I, I have some, I, I think, some really good thoughts that, that came out of this. So so we, we start off talking today about authenticity and diversity and, and really how how to overcome some of the challenges that, that you have faced as a black man in a predominantly white industry. And, and you, you let off with duality. And, and you know, there, there's this balance, this middle ground where you have to be, you are a different person at home that you are at work. But you're not a wildly different person. You're not two totally different sides of the coin. You're rather somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. And that's very important, I think, for all of us to understand. But speaking specifically to this topic today, it comes with a, a lot of knowing that you should be there, having confidence that you're supposed to be where you are, um, knowing it, it's okay to to be yourself and, and knowing I am qualified. I, I am meant to be here. Coaching yourself up, right? Making sure to, to really be yourself, to follow your passion and, and to brighten up other people's worlds by knowing that you're there doing your best being yourself. 
Now, as we talked about, a lot of success in in this industry, your industry in particular, around uh, wealth management, but also our our listeners in general in the, the professional services industry, it really does come down to soft skills, emotional intelligence, and knowing how to um, to learn from that and, and grow those. And we talked about some reading and learning and all these things that that you can do to expand and, and really develop that skill set, which is critical to your success, but also critical to authenticity. Now, what I, I think is really interesting is we kind of dove deeper in here. We, we got around the, some of the struggles that you've had with uh, mentorship and with finding community support and, and things that, that you you have faced um, purely because of who you are, and and not by any any obviously not not in a negative way, just by the the fact of the community that that you are in, by who you are around, and that does create additional challenges, and it creates challenges to really achieve and accomplish that mental toughness, which is really what drives the success. What really allows people to excel is is overcoming and, and building that mental toughness, which drives to your ability to be more successful in developing soft skills and the emotional intelligence and everything that comes down to building these relationships. And, and you said, let your passion override your fear. Let let your passion really come out, override the fear, because that is what can help drive through that. And then more importantly, you talked about having diversity in your mentors and finding people that bring diversity to you and say, hey, I want to understand different perspectives. I want to learn other perspectives. And what that that allows us all to do, and we, we should all be looking for this, is it really does help remove that, as you said, the silhouette of what separates us. Helps us say, okay, well, now I understand that we're really not all that different. We had different experiences in life. We came from different places. But at the end of the day, we're all here trying the same thing. We're all trying to do our best and, and we're all trying to, to help other people. And, and that that really helped you understand and by gaining other perspectives helps you open your mind up to that. And that really does lead us to the end here of how do we help resolve some of the disproportionate representation that exists in this industry as a whole? And, and this is just my, my opinion around it. it. It is exactly what you said. We need all hands on deck. Everyone has to be there and, and we we have to have everyone going and doing their part. And, and what does that really mean? That means educating yourself and in, in talking to others and building relationships with others and looking to to experience and expose yourself to cultures and, and people that are different than you and gain that that other insight and perspective and doing so with the right mind, going in and saying, Hey Jamil, like what are you challenged with? And and what are some of the, the challenges that you face? And exactly as we've talked about on the show here today, and, and even I I can just feel it in myself right now. My mind's been open to some things. There's some different perspective that I've had alone. And I, I hope everyone listening is having some of those same experiences through that. And, and this is really, everyone has to do their part. Everyone has to look for opportunities to gain that perspective, gain that different insight. And, and then at the end of the day, we've said this a few times, you're supposed to be here. You're worthy. You're, you're meant to be here. This is what you're here for. Don't let anyone tell you different. Simple as that, right? And continue to push for it. Do your best every day. But also, if you're in a position to help others, encourage others, look, look to be a mentor to others. And again, bringing this back to find diversity in both your mentorship and your your mentor and your mentee, right? Look for opportunities to bring that diversity in because at the end of the day, that that is what helps open all of our eyes up and, and really helps us gain a better understanding of those around us. And I think that that's fundamentally important for relationship building, for getting to know other people, and, and frankly, just making the world a, a much better place to be in in general. So, um, Jamil, Absolutely. anything to add there? You summed it up. I mean, well done, uh, especially when you say you talk about diversity from mentee to mentors. 
and even the way we we uh, transact business, right? So if I'm not saying, hey, go like proactively seek out a person of color to do something, but if you do have a need and you're looking for a solution, give it a try. Just say, hey, I want to get, I want to make sure I'm diversifying how I transact business. This is a way I can truly impact um, on an economic level someone's family and so on. No, no, I think that's it. And it's just like you said, I. I appreciate branch out and just far as just the, just more so the content creation because it's it's conversations that a lot of people are thinking um, and it makes it in a very approachable way. So no, well well done. Thank you. Well, I'm 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 very fortunate to be able to host this and and put the show out. It they're they're fun conversations. You and I've had a, over <laughs> the, the last six months. We had a great time getting to know each other and lots yep. of great conversations. And the, these are always fun. So as always, we're going to end our episode today with a call to action. So my my call to action to listeners this week is in the the next week, I, I want you to identify an opportunity where you can put yourself in a diverse situation where you can interact with people that are outside of your your typical. Comfort Comfort zone and that are outside of maybe the traditional circles you spend time in and look to really find that diversity in the next seven days, find time, get it on the calendar. I understand actually making that meeting happen the next seven days might be a challenge, but I do encourage you to get, get it on the calendar. Go find ways, go go look for opportunities to to really expand your perspective and, and get to know other people for who they are. So Jamil, for our listeners, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest way. So just send a uh, friend request, especially like you said, in that seven day challenge. Uh, I'll be more than gladly to help be an accountability partner. But uh, yeah, LinkedIn is the easiest way. So feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on here today, Jamil. And I uh, look forward to talking. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity, Alex. Thank you for tuning in this week. Share this podcast with your professional network to help others connect, grow, and excel. Like what you hear? Leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe now.